Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shondaland Stand Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode three. Hi Porsche. Hi. Hi, I'm so excited um, for this episode because not only is it our third episode, but um, we are going to do a musical episode. And um, for those of you who don't know, what Porsche and I love probably just a little bit more than Grey's Anatomy is music. So I hope you'll um, enjoy this journey with us. What we'll be doing today is um, basically talking about the music of Grey's Anatomy and different iconic moments that remind us of um, the music or music that reminds us of the moments. And then we'll just have a little section where we talk a bit about our own personal music journeys. And then we'll then look at the famous musical episode that Grey's Anatomy did in season seven, episode 18. So it's going to be a wild musical ride. So let's begin. Um, Firstly, music of Grey's Anatomy, Porsche. I I must say this is one of those shows for me that the music really helps with the emotion, but it's one of those things where – there's not many shows at the time that were like it where they were doing something with music and telling a story in just an incredible way. And they were also doing it with contemporary music. So exactly. artists that were like around now, like kind of unknowns, also famous ones. Because before Grey's Anatomy, I think it was maybe Grey's Anatomy, and I can't remember the exact timeline right now, Gossip Girl as well, mm. but with like less diversity. Those are the two shows that diversity of music. I mean, those are the right. two shows that I remember being very like playlisty, right? Like they yeah. give you a song that you would like, uh, and it was before Shazam too. I used to remember. Yeah. I remember like listening for the words and like writing it all down so later I could Google the words I remembered plus the word lyrics mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to find the song. <laughs> but yes, for sure. Grey's was the first ever thing I remember experiencing with television and being like, I got to go find the song from that show. Yeah. And I also found um, it, it felt a bit like you'd hear a song and you'd discover this artist and it was happening at the same time as many people. Mm-hmm. So it launched like a bunch of people's careers, I felt. Like The Fray. Oh my God. Um, Who is The Fray before Grey's Anatomy? Exactly. I mean, hearing that song, How to Save a Life, on that episode, Mm -hmm. um, and they were doing surgeries, it just, everyone discovered this this band, this Mm -hmm. really cool, interesting band from watching Grey's Anatomy, which I I thought was actually a a fantastic launching pad for a lot of people. I mean, even Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol. Yeah, that's the one I was going to say next. I mean, that was a very iconic moment. It had, it involved Denny and Izzy and the heart and... It was like so many things. It was so many. It was so emotional. I'll actually never forget. um, Izzy was in her prom dress Mm -hmm. and she was lying next to Denny, dead Denny. And Alex, Mm -hmm. and she wouldn't move. And then Alex came into the room and you start hearing chasing cars playing. And he just took her in his arms and he sat down with her and it was the most one of the most moving scenes um and of Mm -hmm. course I will always remember it because of chasing cars playing Mm -hmm. in in that in that episode in that very moment of of the show it's so good it was really it was also 
I think that was the first. Would you would you agree that Chasing Cars was the first, uh, like Grey's Music moment? Or I think so. How to save a... Yeah, I think so because it was so climactic, right? And it was also early Grey's. I think it was yeah. season two or yeah. something. And so yeah. it was like, oh my god, this is like for all of us who would get swept up in the drama and be forever like waiting for that hit of. <laughs> Of whatever that great emotion, like <laughs> construction is, I think that was one of the that was like the moment that you were like, oh, this is what Grace does, like you know. And when um, Shonda started to develop that relation, that uh, reputation of like, oh, whoever you love, she's just gonna kill her with no remorse, you know. I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I, I think. I would say it was, I know How to Save a Life came earlier um, mm-hmm. than Chasing Cars, but it was that, there was something about that moment for me, I think. Um, whereas I feel How to Save a Life is more synonymous just with the show generally, yeah. where Chasing Cars is for me more about that specific moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, another moment for me, and this was much later, and mm-hmm. but just because, stick with me, Remember when <laughs> I feel like this is some kind of trick. Like no, it's not. Ethical. <laughs> no. But there was that moment. April's okay. reading. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but her first wedding. Her first wedding. And um it starts turn around. Oh my god. <laughs> telling you there's that moment where Derek is, gets the call from the president mm-hmm. um, during the wedding and, oh, yes. and wasn't this the finale like, moment too? I don't I, I don't actually know if it was a season finale or if it was just um, you know the breaks where they have mm-hmm. the break. I think it was one of those things. It was in between um, in the middle of the season and it was just the break before they came back for like near the end of the year um, but it was that moment and it you know obviously it's busy playing total eclipse of the heart is playing and mm-hmm. um, Jackson is busy saying to Stephanie I'm so sorry um, and the minister's saying um, talking to Matt, Matt Matthew and April and just saying, I've known you for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up. And that song always makes me think of the, that moment in the wedding. Um, and oh. what they did afterwards, because obviously the, the song is busy playing as he tells the speech about how much he loves April, busy interrupting her right. wedding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could not believe it was happening. I will say that that I moment, couldn't either. Grace doesn't have a lot of running in the airport type love scenes do you know what i mean usually yes. it's just the couple and they have their sweet moment together you know so yes. that made me feel so stressed because part of me also felt like <sighs> y'all what's become of us you know like <laughs> I was like i know we do very dramatic romantic things but not like this not this cliche not at because also to be honest with everybody who's listening I am working on it, but I have, in German, they call it Feinschämen, which is like outside embarrassment, you know? Oh, so like right. watching people do something that is like not accepted, you know, in polite <laughs> society, let's say. And I know a lot of that stuff is colonial, you know, and I should not <laughs> feel that way. 
you know, I'm trying to decolonize as fast as I can. But like, but that's, it stresses me out. So I can't even, uh, I don't even compute that moment musical magic because to me, I'm just like, so Don Jackson knows not the time. Oh, I, I, so obviously I had the opposite feeling. I was like, you better get up. Like, is he going to let her marry him? <laughs> Oh no, I loved it. Um, yeah. There's actually another part. There's actually quite a few. But remember when Bailey was singing was, um, early, early on when she sang "God Bless the oh, Child." Yes. Oh, that is one of the sweetest musical moments. Are there um, any other ones that stick out for you? Because I've got a oh, few. But yeah, for me, it is one hundred percent. Breathe. Uh, parentheses two a.m. Yes. Um, because it is just one of those scenes where so much is happening. Iconic, iconic moment is stop looking at my vajayjay, which happened in the <laughs> middle. And so there's so much happening because they like punch you in the chest with like, Meredith just took a bomb out of a body. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, <laughs> and yeah, then, Bailey gives birth and they like throw comedy in there. You know, Christina and Derek are on 10 trying to like, save this patient and remember Derek saves the patient like they lose him and he does that last minute like like it's in him the, to the yes. chest, you know and they do that and then you're just like oh my god we've kind of survived and then you remember that like I, the episode was called something like pink mist or whatever which is about yes. what you know and so I just remember it being like a full body experience yes. <laughs> with that episode and that song. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, mm. There's another one for me, which is also Meredith having her like another sort of near death experience, mm-hmm. which was when As she's the, to do. she's prone. Um, <laughs> yeah. The ferry boats um, accidents where oh, she, yeah. it was after she got like thrown over by that guy she was helping mm-hmm. and she's busy swimming. Um, and then she's suddenly kind of not swimming. And in mm-hmm. like, while that's happening, there's another snow patrol song that's busy playing. It was um, make this go, go on forever. And mm-hmm. I just remember there's a part in the song where um, it says, please just save me from this darkness. And yeah. that's just, that's just when he pushes her over and she starts to drown. And it was, for me, it just was so interesting musically because she had just lost her mom and her, well, no, had her mom, her mom hadn't died yet. Um, but she had just had that conversation with her mom telling her that she's just ordinary. Yeah. Um, and she was busy, like trying to figure that out in her brain and process that. And she just let go. And that moment of please just save me from this darkness. Oh, it just, mm. oh, I, I loved, I loved that moment. Um, yes, such a good moment. But yeah. just like in general, there's just a lot for me, these moments where I just watch and I'm not even, the song might not even necessarily be carrying the story forward, which a lot of it did in the mm, early mm-hmm, seasons mm-hmm. I felt was, but there was just music that would play um, mm-hmm. yeah. in moments that I just, Oh, I remember like the, yeah. in one of these episodes was um, end of season three, 24 and 25. Mm-hmm. Those two episodes had such good music. They oh. played um, like Ray LaMontagne's I Want to Hold You in My Arms. Um, oh. Um, they played oh, yeah. Paolo Nettini's Million Faces, which is like my, oh, one of my favorite my Paolo Nettini okay, songs. First of all, Luti- Paolo Nettini, now this is going to be a Paolo Nettini stand podcast. 
podcast. I know where he is, but he has a fan for life because his album, that album, uh, is truly brilliant. Like, I, I still don't understand how he didn't become famouser. He is incredibly talented. And, and I was I, so glad that they chose. I remember because I was listening to him before that. I saw that. I heard that episode, that song. In that episode. But I was so pleased that they chose that song because it's such a moving, slow one. But it's not one of the yes. more well-known ones, you know. And lyrically, oh, my God. I agree with you. It's one of my favorites. And interestingly, mm. the moment that played was when Derek and Lexi met in the bar. Oh, Interesting. So I was like, that's kind of an iconic moment because yeah. um, later on you hear, um, he says, oh, you're the girl at the bar. Yeah. And, and Meredith <laughs> is like, I'm the girl at the bar. Exactly. <laughs> and then they were also playing Amy Winehouse quite a bit, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I love Amy. Amy's my girl. Um, they were playing Regina yes. Spector. Um, yes. They were playing... In Ingrid Michaelson, they mm. were playing Patrick Watson. They were mm-hmm. just playing such good. I don't know if it was then, but they were also um, playing. Oh, what's the band Brittany Howard is the lead singer of? Alabama Shakes, of course. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> and they were also playing a lot of early John Legend, which I mean, mm-hmm. I was obsessed. I mean, they with, have um, really uh stand john legend for a minute they have to be honest yeah they have because i mean even season 17 he was playing they were playing conversations in the dark i think it was at mm-hmm. what's her name maggie's wedding and then there was another song of his they played um this last or the season before a new song of his so yeah they've stand him for years i mean by by the time of season four they'd already played show me um, mm. And this one they played. There's another John Legend song that they played. But there you are. They were standing him for real. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to chat a bit about that because there was something Grey's Anatomy was doing at the time um, with music, with storytelling, and with creating these iconic moments that I think shows are now, you know, afterwards have been doing a a bit Mm -hmm. later, but there was just something unique and interesting that they were doing at the time that I just, I was obsessed with. Well, I found the the range the most, because of course at the time I also watched um, like the the teen shows, like the CW shows, like One Tree Hill, I mentioned like Gossip Girl. Um, What's another one that was uh, kind of like One Tree Hill, but uh, it'll come to mind. But there was Creek. Uh, no, 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 no. Dawson's Creek is before my time. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> but they were playing very sort of like of the moment, like whether mm. it was emo or pop. And yeah, as you were saying, like Grey's had like, it had range. You know what I mean? Yes. And in genre and in, I mean, it didn't, it doesn't really set the mood for like heavy metal or super rock and roll. So not that much range, you know, because it's a yeah, yeah. show. But still, you know, like in terms of artists and everything, it wasn't just like all young people. Yeah, and it was, like you say, there was various genres and a lot of people that you've never even heard of, but that really lent itself to what Grey's Anatomy was doing at the time. Um, and I also think it's music that does stand the test of time. And it's probably because of how Grey's was doing it then. Um, they were ch- very selective in, in the music they chose. Um, and it's part of why Grey's Anatomy itself, I think, has lasted and stayed and had the, st- the, the staying power that it has. Music being such a big part of the show for me, it's why I also love the, the show because um, 
I love music. Um, you know this. I mean, you love music. It's one of those things where we will travel for music. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know where it started for, for you. Um, I just, it was just always, music has always been my first love. Um, and I grew up listening to different kinds of music because my parents would be listening to The Temptations or mm-hmm. um, Bob Marley. And I mean, they were divorced, but they had very similar tastes in music. Um, my dad would be playing like Gladys Knight and the Pips. Um, but then he'd also buy the game's documentary. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the game, The Rapper? The Rapper. Um, he had like a Fat Joe album. And so, I mean, I had, there was range in my house too. Okay. <laughs> um, it was just, yeah, it was a very interesting sort of, I, you know, was listening to My Girl and listening to The Supremes, but also listening to a bit of Tupac. So it was that. And then, of course, we grew up in the 90s. So there was a lot of 90s R&B, which was one of the best musical eras, I think, um, to have ever hit music, uh, be it Boys to Men or, I don't know, like... don't have to tell me (laughs) twice, okay? (laughs) People, and you know what? I'll admit that I participate in this too, we sort of play late 80s, 90s R&B for comedy, right? Like, yep. like their dances and everything. It all seems very um, sort of like fuddy-duddy, you know, and yeah. old or something. But legends, every last one of them legends. And I actually think poets, yep. lyricists, you know what I'm saying? Like they yep. understood how to emote what I believe to be sincerely <laughs> you know yes. um dion cole who's this comedian he has such a great uh little skit in his comedy special um i think it's the only one on netflix i can't remember the name of the special where he talks about big hyperbole <laughs> in like 90s r&b you know what i mean where they yes. were like you know, he'd be like, they would sing, they're like, I'll give you the stars, the moon, yes. the mountains, like, that's the level. And, you know, he's making jokes about it. But like, I am still so into it. And like, sincerely, I don't think it's cheesy. Like, I think Tevin Campbell is amazing. I think Absolutely. Joe is incredible. Don't yes. even start if it comes to no Casey one and else comes close. Like, you can't even, yep. you know, I don't want to be a player no more. No more. <laughs> that's real okay yes and it was that sort of music that made like kids think they were in love exactly. yes 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 because it was accessible okay yeah and, and you because you got it of course as teens you get it because that's how you feel you know that's exact. we thought i thought like when when Joe was saying no one else comes close to you, I mm-hmm. thought he meant me and mm-hmm. I was thinking he wants to marry me. It was yes. genuine. <laughs> it was an, another fantastic artist. I know. And then, like, um, Casey and Jojo. I, yes. I just, can we talk about just oh that era of music was just, so good. since Maya, I remember when she did Get a Superstar. Yeah. That that, uh, that was my era, guys, and there was um there was a remix, the re- a remake of um, Bohemian Rhapsody, but not the obviously the whole mm-hmm. Queen, but just the um, Mama just killed a man part. Oh there was like gosh, an R and B version, yes, and there was like was a that? black and white music video. I mm-hmm. used to love that. 
Um, and even just Michael Jackson and, of course, my favorite Mariah Carey, the 90s, oh my early 2000s music can't be beat, was... Can't be beat. Even, cannot. I mean, it was getting a bit more popcorn by the time we got to like Ashanti and JLo and Jungle yes. vibes, you know. Then we were really just like churning out candy, you know. It was not as deep as I'll make love to you, you know. Yes. Like it wasn't. Um, or like even, end it, of the road. It, oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, can, okay, this is way, way early, but clearly they are, you know, that era of music was hugely influenced. Not actually too early. I mean, they were in the 80s, right? New edition? Yes. Like, you know, Can You Stand the Rain to me is like an iconic, you know what I mean? Like everybody, but to me, it's sort of like the blueprint for like a high octane R&B love song. Do you remember Janet Jackson when she was singing? Oh my word! When they were like, "Let's, let's." What was the song? Let's take. What was she say? What was that song? It's in my head. Wow! (laughs) Yes, and J Lo was even in the video. Before it's too late. Let's. Yes. I'm telling you, it was let's wait a while. She was in the, they were, they were beginning. I think it was that music video or it was, um, it might not be let's wait a while, but it's she, JLo was in one of those Janet Jackson music videos. But in that time of music, just to the point where Porsche, I mean, my, my cousins and I would have concerts. We'd have little concerts. Oh, um, you know what? Yes. <laughs> You're thinking about that's the way love. We lo- that's the one. Yes. That's the oh, one. Okay, stop. We're going to get way deep into the 90s. It's where we grew I know. up. Like, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, but my, uh, my journey with music is, it parallels yours a little bit. I wouldn't say that we had, like, any rap documentaries in our house, <laughs> like, growing up. But I remember being a little kid in Kampala, and my mom had, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Cool in the Gang. Yes. And, like, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Gospel music as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Winans, you know? And, yes. Uh, and then, like, traditional music that was just all around, because every weekend is like a wedding. And there was always um, like traditional singers and traditional dances, right? That would go mm-hmm. on. And so like that sound, the drumming sound is sort of like always in the background. And I can see that I still have an affinity for that regardless of even origin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like West African music that's got some drum beat. I really like, you know, even mm-hmm. um, North African, like sort of Arabic music. Sorry for call- saying Arabic music. I realize that that's probably really imprecise. <laughs> Right, probably like a little like not okay way to describe the diversity of like you know music that comes from there. But I that drumming sound is very big in like my musical. How do you say catnip? Yeah, but sort of like I always I'm like if it wasn't for the racism, you know, I would love to go back to the era of Motown, and like that would be my number one choice. You know what I mean? To to, Mm -hmm. just that transition, and even after, like I really like Motown into disco. Disco, I feel, is not appreciated enough. I'm a lover of disco, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But um, yeah, and then sort of when you become a teen and you're watching, like you know, this is when we sort of glommed onto all of these sort of mainstream American TV shows, and then you're Mm -hmm. listening to like, yeah, I would never have found like Ray LaMontagne. You know, and my interest True. in that probably without like in that sort of genre being interesting to me. You know what I mean? Same. Or even when I was like, oh, I kind of like some Forty One or like Green Day or The Killers. Like I kind yes. of get this. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I Same. 
Yeah. I also had that around high school. It was the killers, um, mm. a little bit of my ke- my chemical romance. <laughs> oh yeah, but I feel like they sort of came in a package because remember how MTV? Because that's when we were watching. MTV and they would have those like hours seeing a genre, you know, for a time. Yeah, and then another genre, and then they'd have like TRL or whatever, which was like the top ten songs, and it would always be like so such. It would run the gamut, right? There would be yes. something that's of the moment. So like. Remember when it was boy band era? It was like all the instincts and backstreets, which yes. all kind of sounds the same, are like n- numbers five to one, you know? Yeah. But every now and then before that, they'd be like, like, remember when Sean Paul hit for no reason? Yes. You know? And then you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is it now, <laughs> you know? And I mean, TRL for me was a lifeline. I was mm. obsessed with TRL, but just MTV in general. I would wake up in the morning, get ready um, before school, and then just be glued to MTV in the morning before my mom would start hooting and be like, we have, like, we, you're going to be yeah, late. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be watching J Lo's music video, doing all the dance moves, like eating my cereal. Like, I grew up, there was a time where it was just a lot of. Of MTV when they still played music. Um, right. Before it became reality TV. <laughs> before yeah. it was just reality shows. Um, and even then they had uh, MTV Bass, which was fantastic because then they had more oh of the urban gosh, urban yes. music. Um, so there was now a lot more variety. So at the same time that we were listening to everybody in the club getting tipsy, um, we could also be listening to Fall Out Boy. So yeah. it, was, it was just a fantastic time um in music mm-hmm. and it just like for me it was now pop pop rock um you know all this sort of um alternative not so mainstream music was also coming in um and then i had like the university days and um started discovering you know the regina spectors because my roommate was she loved Re- regina spector and she played me mm. fidelity and i was like oh Mm-hmm. <laughs> shook it up it was just wonderful and I was also watching a lot of um, So You Think You Can Dance oh my god which was yes. another place where there was so That's much fantastic somewhere. music but see I feel like that basically started doing what Grays had been doing yes. I mean by necessity like you have to dance to different types of songs you know <laughs> yeah. you have different kinds of choreographers so that would happen naturally but to me by the time that came around I was like how convenient the song stays on longer so if I have to google the lyrics I can catch the <laughs> yes <laughs> like I was like oh my god this is so much easier than Grace <laughs> and also like you would like the the song they'd be telling the story of the song sometimes right, which was exactly. also um and also an obsession of mine and then we got a bit older and I started listening to Matt Corby and James Vincent mm-hmm. McMorrow mm-hmm. and Leander Havis and we did go through a real like indie acoustic-y electronic yes. lady musician vibes for a while we did. and then like sort of like white boy emotional lyrical yes white, you know what I mean like uh tips for a while we did yeah even before we were like listening to like Jessie Ware and yes. we what's her name? Uh, Corinne Bailey Ray. Oh, you know, yes. like those sorts of folks. There was that time. Um, and I think it was so great when we, you know, became friends to like share all these different musical mm-hmm. um, loves as well. Um, and, you know, obviously we had gone on our own musical journeys, but now to come together and have this 
the similarities in the music we kind yeah. of loved. And um, we could always like find stuff and be like, yep, this is for you. You'll yes. like it, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, Jess Glynn. I don't remember oh, what bag yes. she was on, but like that sort of type of powerful voice. We She's are very fantastic. Much, I think vocalists at heart, you and I. Like we like a good vibe, but a good voice will win every time. This is what I'm telling you. Is yeah. um, regardless when I of hear, genre. Regardless yeah. of genre. Um, mm-hmm. That just makes me think of Maxwell. Do you, you know that album with Pretty Wings? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's just something about a guy singing falsetto that just really (laughs) well. We're basically (laughs) obsessed with guys who sing falsetto. That's true. So that's that. Um, Let's do a quick uh, chat about the song beneath the song, season seven, episode 18. Now, Porsche, I just want to put a disclaimer. Well, let's start like this. The first (laughs) time I watched this episode, I thought, what? Fast forward to now. Yesterday, we went, uh, my family went on a hike Mm -hmm. and it was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be and a bit Mm -hmm. harder quite a bit harder than I thought it was be- was going to be, but we did it. We made it. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, got back home, exhausted. We had great food. It was wonderful. Greg went home, cool. Let me sit down to watch this episode. I don't know if I was delirious, but I watched this and I thought, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. But let me say, so when I was doing research for um, this episode, right, I was just yeah. like, well, let me let me try and see sort of like what's out here <laughs> in these streets, you know, about yeah. this episode because there hasn't been news for it in a while. And then there was an article that was written this March. About really? This, yeah, about the musical episode. And um, it's by somebody named Michael Bauman. If you ever hear this, what up? And okay. the headline is, 10 years later, the Grey's Anatomy musical episode is still a ridiculous, iconic TV flex. <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> you know? It was. And I just, it was, as it started, I was like, um, you know, she's thrown through the, Kelly's thrown in through the windshield, um, yeah. the windscreen. And she's lying horizontal, pregnant, but like, you can see really not in a good way. And she's looking out and she sees uh-huh. Kelly outside. Yep. And Kelly comes close mm-hmm. to her and starts say, singing, nobody knows where they might Exactly. Nobody knows. Porsche, I got chills. And I was like, is this art? Let me <laughs> tell you something. Listen, let, let, okay, so 100% agree. And even this article that I just read, this person seems to have gone through the same process of when I first watched it, because I was so attached, and I've told you about how <clears> I suffer <throat> from phone shaman, I was like, oh no, my people yes. embarrass themselves in front yes. of everyone. No one is coming back. What is going to happen? <laughs> I was like, I am so embarrassed. I can't even. <laughs> I couldn't deal. And I know the moment for me that it happened. So the, the moment for me that it happened was um, when Hunt starts to sink. Because for some no, reason, it's... my body could take like the the feminine voice like could take Callie and I yes. knew she was hired after doing Lady in the Lake on Broadway and that she was this you know what I mean like yeah uh, 
Tony Award nominated at least, you know? Um, yeah. Sing this. So I was like, okay, maybe they'll just let her sing and like I'll be able to survive this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then Owen joined and I was like, oh no. <laughs> but when I watched it again for our episode, I have to say, I had that same thing when she started to sing while she was bleeding. I was like, first of all, look at this acting, okay? It's <laughs> <laughs> like she's been asked to sing, but she's also injured, pregnant, like Jeez. very much, you know, damaged. <laughs> you know, I just said the word like that. In a car accident, you know, her blood, like what's going to happen with that is screaming into the phone, you know, like this is, yes. this is maybe this is art. <laughs> this is what I felt. Gosh, I'm like, is this not horrible? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just, as it kept going, and I'm watching it making notes just to like mm -hmm. remember when different things are happening. And I'm like, firstly, mm -hmm. Caddy's voice is remarkable. Um, oh, yeah, she's good. I, she's so good. Um, mm -hmm. But everyone else is also good. Interestingly, I'm like, oh, wait, the first time I watched this, I thought, Ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this was actually just maybe ahead of its time because, mm -hmm. oh, it's, it's something has happened over time that I could, we could watch it back and appreciate. Mm -hmm. Firstly, like, like you say about that article, it was a huge flex. Yeah. But it was also one of those times where it was like, I think a mm -hmm. first time in a long time where I had forgotten. And I think we had genuinely forgotten how mm -hmm. much of it, like it's a TV show. And they were mm -hmm. reminding us that this is a TV show, not since mm -hmm. Denny making, having yeah. sex with, with Izzy in the, in the, you know, on-call room or whatever, had I been, been reminded of it's a TV show because you're getting mm -hmm. enmeshed in these people's lives. But in this episode, they're like, oh, you have forgotten that you're watching television. So we're mm -hmm. going to give you a show. And they gave mm -hmm. us musical theater. And they it really was did. actually very good. And you know what? In, in, in as far as you are seven seasons into a actually very sophisticated medical drama, like on the level of story, on the level of action, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? On the level of as far as is necessary, sort of like special effects in the me medical arena, right? Like mm -hmm. now you're going to throw a musical on top of it. And you yes. do so in a way that actually kind of works. Like that's yes. a huge, because who would have thought I'm going to get a neuroscientist, a lesbian orthopedic surgeon, the chief, Bailey, all these doctors are going to do a musical. Like that, yes. up until that point, it's not even something that's conceivable, you know? And so what we know from the background is like, Shonda always wanted to do a musical, but then after mm -hmm. hiring Callie, who is a Broadway veteran, but also let's not forget Bailey, who, in my opinion, had the best vocal moment with Wait. Her version of Wait is really good. Yes. I really, her voice is clear. It was beautiful. I like when she hums with April, I believe. Um, yes, when they do those, they do harmonies. Yeah, they do harmonies. And I was like, this is great. You know what I mean? And so it's like, why not have the challenge? Like, also let's remember mm. the time this is before season 10 so Grey's is still like actually a really successful show and they yes. have made their mark in the music industry as well everybody knows you play played on there and it's a hit you know exactly so why not flex is the thing 
you know? I know. I just, and truly at the time I didn't get it. I will Mm -hmm. have to say, but I think it was more me than them. Now that I, you know, I look back and I'm like, oh, okay. And it's, you know, there were moments where I was like, oh my word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I completely forgot that at some stage, Mark is singing and Alex is singing. And I I know. And oh Meredith gosh. is singing. I, I have to thought, say that part does make me laugh because obviously Meredith can't sing at all. And right. I thought it was so sweet that they got everyone involved. Derek Even said, Henry. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that, <laughs> let's talk about that comedy moment or that like sweet moment. With, it was um, so sweet. Because that running it's on obviously, one. yeah, because it's obviously a very, very, very heavy episode. And mm-hmm. that is one of the things I found most commendable and also didn't remember. I was like, wow, you really inserted a moment of lightness in here. You yes. know, because it's not even like a heavy moment because our patients are hectic. It's like our doctors, our family is going yes. through something big right now. Because let's not forget, it wasn't just Callie. It was Callie's baby, baby and Arizona yeah. And Mark, and Mark are affected by this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Mark being affected by proxy, annoyingly, Lexi is also exactly. affected. You know what I mean? Which is also totally forgot about uh, the drama she was having with Jackson at the time. <laughs> Me too. You know? And so it was like, yo, 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 you've really pulled on a lot of emotional strings, you know? In mm-hmm. this, in this, by, you know, focusing this accident on these people. Um, but then that was so fun. And especially to see... Uh, as I said, I loved Eli being brought in there and dancing with Bailey. Same. You know, which on a very separate note, and just because this is a conversation I've been having in my real life with um, mm-hmm. some close black uh, women friends of mine, you when you're talking and you're two black women and you're like, oh, life's so hard. And then you're eventually like, you have to discuss all the way the world conspires against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we were talking just about being like a dark-skinned fat black woman specifically you know because there was Mm -hmm. some like drama in the news with Monique and I was telling her about this person I follow on Instagram who like does sort of advocacy around that area and sort of like that's her threshold it's like until you treat like dark-skinned black women right I'm not getting off your necks you know Mm -hmm. like that's Mm -hmm. absolutely not where this is happening and so she was she's a writer and um she was like I just want to see a love story where um, a dark-skinned black woman is like, it's a drama. It's not a comedy. You know what I mean? Right. And the desire is not, like, this isn't a plot point, you know? You just see somebody being pursued for reasons of love. You know what I mean? And they happen to be this person. And not to, you know, put this on Chandra Wilson in any way at all, but I do have to say that her character and the way her romantic life has played out I think is so beautiful and so necessary, you know, and so healing saying this is like a light skinned black woman who is not like big or, you know, the, the, the truly ridiculous ways we judge each other's bodies that have, you know, messed all of us up for, for a while (laughs) Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable, because there's no winning if you're, you know, but Mm -hmm. um, Ben Warren and even Eli and they pursue her fully and ironically for her beauty you know what I mean? And for her, yeah. like, brains and being... Because that's the other thing. Often it's like you become worthy if you're, quote-unquote, flawed in these ways, if you have all these other excellent qualities. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, um, And a lot of the time, like, she has been the one in the, again, quote-unquote, position of power, you know? Yes. Of being... Ranking higher than them, right? In the hospital. Yep. Um, and there's a beautiful subversiveness to that as well. Even to her being, like, 
open to it and what, but, you know, still resistant as one would be, you know, to some mm-hmm. extent. And um, I just love it is all that's completely an aside and has nothing to do with music, but I love that. Scene no, also I, being a part of it, you know, I also love that as well. Um, it also makes me think of um, this is us actually. And mm. um, Deja, I love that she got a, like a, a romantic story mm-hmm. um, in her storyline, being a dark skinned, young black woman it was like Mm -hmm. this is a great story to tell but coming back here i'm Mm -hmm. really glad as well because i i loved that she was in this fun flirty relationship Mm -hmm. with eli Mm -hmm. and then they had this moment where i mean it was a choreographed dance you know yeah and it was as if it was it was proper musical theater Mm -hmm. um and it was just for the fun and i i loved that for her as well um I, yeah. I love that she got that moment um, just to have fun and um, also, like you say, be chased. The way that Eli, he went after that, that girl. <laughs> he, he went, yeah. Ben did as well. Um, but I did. I love that moment. Um, overall, the episode wasn't the train wreck I thought it was. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really glad because... I, that I watched it again because if I hadn't, I would have thought, I would have just had the, you know, the previous version of me thinking, oh, what a disaster. But like watching it again, even, you know, really, I mean, you spoke about um, Breathe um, 2 a.m. earlier on, but then they do it again within this moment where Lexi sings it. Um, mm. And I'd forgotten that she sang it. Mm-hmm. And because there were people, you know, in seven, 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 um, season 17 who spoke about um, in the trailer how they heard that play and they just thought of Lexi. And I couldn't remember why until I watched this and I was like, oh, oh. she sang the song on yeah. this episode. And she was very good as well. I yeah, no, was quite was impressed. Good. Yeah, um, she has a little vocal flourish when she sits down next to Mark. And I was like, oh, yes. how very interesting, can, Lexi. Can we talk about that moment? And I just, and maybe it was, it basically is the whole moment, moment but it really speaks to the caliber of actors that they had. The fact that she's busy singing the song and Eric Dane is just acting as if uh, well, so this she's is the not. Thing. That's the part that made it art. Was like these people fully acted, and Eric Dane straight up was like having a moment, you know. He was having it a was, moment. It was heavy. Even Arizona, when she sings the yes. Cali a little bit, like I was like, oh my god, you can act, like you know. <laughs> you know That's what I thought as well. They're like, <laughs> so good. Even in the most cringy scene, which is when they do how we operate, when 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 <gasps> when um, wait a minute or whatever. <laughs> I hated that. Okay, no, I did still hate that. Oh my god, me too. It made me want to die. I'm being very, very exaggerating, but um, but then when you look at the faces of like Derek is dead serious. He's still a neurosurgeon, even though Owen is shout singing at him. And I was like, wow, you know, (laughs) like they actually pay you the right amount, you know? Yes. (laughs) These people are acting. They're acting. Like Mm. I just I. When, even when they did um, How to Save a Life um, mm-hmm. and they're all singing it in the, in the operation, I just, mm. I, Teddy sang. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kim Raver can act your here's, Yeah, I know. Here's something. <laughs> I was um, happy about the Henry moment. 
I wasn't happy about the Lucy moment. I remembered why I had forgotten <gasps> her. I completely with. forgot about Lucy. I completely. I was like, who this? Who? <laughs> Me this? too. Like, where did you come from? But then, and I really was so puzzled for like half the episode. Like, when did she arrive? What is she a resident? Why doesn't she know what Same. to do next about the baby? Is she I was good? like, what does she, she do here? And then I was like, why did she leave? And then it hit me so fast. I remember she took Alex's Africa job. And, you know, I didn't we can remember discuss, that until now. Yeah, we can discuss the problematics of the whole time calling it Africa. You know, even though at some point Arizona is very specific. She's like Malawi, you know, but then yes. she keeps on saying I'm bringing these Africa kids, Africa kids. So, you know, we'll skip that part because, as you know, our love for Grey's <laughs> super <laughs> I just, I, it's given us more than it's hurt us, okay? Yes! <laughs> but, um, yeah, talk about, I was like, wow, I really didn't need to be reminded of this character because now I feel a little bad for forgetting them, but also, why are they here again? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> shame. Grace was always trying to give us new things, you know? <laughs> it really did. It really tried, and we just said, no, we hate it. Remember yeah. <laughs> when, remember when, what's Henry's real name? Um... Jake, what's his real name? Ah, well, anyway, him. Yeah. Him. His wife came on Grace, remember? And she was dating oh, yeah. Arizona. And we all uh-huh. hated her and ran yes, her out of the yes, show. Yes, we did. We were like, no, thank you. Please get out. You're not nice here. Wow, yes. Grace fans Scott, are the worst. Scott Foley. Scott, Scott Foley. Foley, his real mm-hmm. life wife. Um, but the thing is, if you work, you work. We'll keep you. It's not as if we're true. unfair. It's just because like, you asked and no thanks. Also, my favorite, favorite thing, I will say, that made me happiest is I forgot that Addison came back. Same. And she was so mean to Lucy. And can I tell you in the moment, I was like, I don't know what this lady Lucy is here for, but I'm agreeing with Addison. (laughs) Whatever it is. Yeah, I just had a gut feeling. You didn't even remember to do this, this and that. And I was like, yeah, Lucy, what the hell? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what do you do here? Um, and then just one last m- point or just moments is when Callie does sing the story. And mm. for me, it was truly, it was... I mean, that is the moment, right? It's the moment. It's mm-hmm. so um, dramatic. Mm-hmm. But there was, there's something she's doing that is so powerful um, mm. and impressive. It's impressive in how she's acting and singing yeah, and yeah. just... Well, I mean, it shows that she's got the chops. Like, she was a Broadway actress, and I believe she won yeah. a Tony. It was nominated for a few for her role. She knows exactly how to emote you know through the through the lyrics as if she were as if it were a monologue you know what I mean exactly but it's in song and she knows how to move um I I found it very just like I was like oh yeah no wonder you got confident enough to make this once you had Sada as the you know as the person yeah you know she Sarah is just an incredible incredible actress but there was Mm -hmm. this moment where I'm just like okay we can say whatever it is but you are phenomenal like she is just Mm. as an actress and embodying that moment Uh to be frank I also found the okay just like vocally and being powerhousey, that's definitely the number one moment. But I also found the sequence when she was being taken into the OR when she's singing Grace. Oh, yes. That's actually yes. my favorite when she's going back into surgery. I loved that whole sequence. 
I, I did too. And mm -hmm. I mean, for me, still my favorite, favorite, favorite moment is just when she's singing and nobody knows <laughs> um, where <laughs> oh, they might end up. Like, yeah, just because moment, it was like, wise is, it's what? kind of perfect. Yeah. Also yeah. as an intro to the fact that this is, a musical episode what a good because exactly. it's so horrific and you're just and i agree with this person with this michael person it's just such a flex you know it is it, i really think it's the perfect way to put it we there is one thing that i wanted to say before i was hoping to say before we got to like the big finale of the singing but um, oh yes yeah i have to give a shout out to the most awkward song which was definitely how to save a life you know <laughs> It was um, very awkward. It was an awkward introduction. I mean, I will say the best thing about it is it gave everybody a chance to sing, huh? Everybody got True. involved, you know. But <laughs> that moment when Owen is like one step at a time, or the chief is like one step at a time, and then out of nowhere, and like you're ready for it in musicals, but it was just so awkward in the setting when <laughs> Owen is just behind his mask, like, step one, you say we need, and like, what is happening? <laughs> You're being so serious, but again, acting for days. These people deserve their awards for acting, you know. I'm telling you, it was as if he was in Lamers. Like it yeah. was honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and after the surgery, um, before the story, I w w so another thing. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna go watch this cringy episode. I just have to get through it. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. When I tell you that when Arizona stepped in to save Sophia, when Mark gave her the nod. Did I not cry? Did I not? Was I not just I crying? Cried. Like, was, like, I fully was weeping, you know? I was just like, I'm ready. Of course, and I'm already a sucker for proposals. So even her waking up, I knew it was coming. I've seen it before, you know? Yes. When she's like, yes, I'll marry you. Even when they sing the universe on you to each other, I was like, God yes. damn, y'all got me. <laughs> there was, I just, you know, I also was surprised because I, I also cried. And you know, the moment I cried was when, um, Meredith is in the elevator. Okay, it's not a musical moment, but um, she was in the elevator talking to Derek, telling him how she was jealous oh. of um, Callie at the baby shower. Let me tell you. Yes. Yep. 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 Sobbed. That was the sobbed. next thing I was going to say because, and I'll tell you, I sobbed from a very, very personal place, you know? When, because mm. um, she says to him, if you, why is the universe so mean and random? Mm. Or she says random and mean, you know? Yeah. And I immediately, in my brain, I remember when I had come back from South Africa from go, being there for a month for my dad's funeral. Mm. And, you know, time had passed, right? Like a month is over, you've woken up some days and you're like, okay, I guess I can live with this new reality. I mm. guess I'm going to, even though you can't really imagine a future, you know what I mean? Or like what that even means. And one day, I think I'd been back, I'd come back onto the airport. It must've been like, I just remember it was early. It was like my second or third day. And it was the first time that I was taking uh, the Metro which is what we call our subway here. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just on there and I was standing and I was feeling very emotional is the most basic word <laughs> that I can right. use. But my reality just felt very like unreal. I just couldn't understand how we were all in here. You know what I mean? As if yeah. there isn't something extremely possibly painful happening for all of us because that's how I felt in that you know what I mean mm. I was like I can't part of me felt like I just wanted to tell everybody you know what I mean what was going on but mm. actually what I wanted to do was ask everyone I really I was just like can everybody in here please just tell me what's your pain 
just tell me what it is like right now sure. so that I don't feel like this, you know, by myself in this way. And that, mm. and for some reason, Meredith is saying that triggered that memory for me because it's so acute, you know, when you're in that, yeah. it really feels because you're like, what, what is life if this is something that happens while you're in it? And is it yes. really just everybody gets through this? Because and it's the madness of it that triggered it that triggered it for me right because that's what it feels like it feels like madness when she's saying yes. i'm jealous she just does nothing and she gets pregnant and then puts her through a windshield you know yes. it feels completely cosmically like bananas you know yes yeah, yeah. that was a yeah it was a big it was cuz i'd also forgotten about that whole the whole um journey mm. in trying to have a baby so I it was just that gut wrenching moment, and it was also just a reminder of like you know, and just also thinking about like tough stuff I'm currently going through. And I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes the universe is just cruel, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it was the episode. Honestly, was in retrospect very good, and <laughs> I'm really grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking yep. back, mm-hmm. um, didn't appreciate at the time what what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had genius among us, and I think Shonda really Rhimes. Did. We did, and I mean, we should have <laughs> known it was already a genius situation. But it really the, was to truly like premiere a show, become the number one show, be cutting edge yeah. of music, and then seven years into your hit show, that is the actually the biggest money show on the network. You know, yep. be like, you know what? Today we sing. <laughs> Today we time. sing. <laughs> And you're just going to watch it. You're just going to watch it. All these people that I make say very complicated words like cardiomyopathy all week. Now they're just going to like sing at you. It's incredible. (laughs) And congratulations to Shonda Rhimes who wrote the episode. I just think it was, it was actually fantastic. And I really appreciate it. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm just thankful for this, this, that we got to, that we watched it again and could have this perspective because the first time, um, and I just, it makes me think of Teddy's episode. I'm like, I wonder if in a couple of years we'll watch it. No, no, there's not a chance. There's not a chance. There's not a chance. I'm working very hard to erase that even from my, even right now, the minute you say it, all I see is those billowing curtains of the bedpost and Karasik coming in and her in like half silk pajamas. And I'm just like, no, stop no. the madness. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But um, with that, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And today, I think we'll end with just um, a lyric from a, one of my, one of the songs I have played on Grey's Anatomy. And it's a question um, just about like life, um, Grey's, and also our podcast. And that is Is your love big enough for what's to come? Hmm. Yeah, and the harvest. <laughs> yes. Oh, the end. Thanks so much, Porsche. Thank you, Nomsa. It's always a pleasure, and I can't wait to chat next time we do this. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. Brilliant.